0: Tests are just the worst, aren't they? Like there are, there are few things that can generate more angst and anxiety than a test that's worth a significant portion of your grade. And I don't just know that from personal experience, I know that from sitting in on your small groups, because whenever we ask for prayer requests, one of you is quick to say, we need to pray for school, specifically some test or assignment that's coming up. And what I find so fascinating is that your tests are as big of a deal to you as they are to Jesus, because that's how he ends the Lord's Prayer. Uh, Tonight, we are concluding our series on the Lord's Prayer. Over the last six weeks, we have been looking at Matthew 6, 9 through 13, to discover how Jesus instructs us to pray. And as he comes to the end of the prayer, he devotes the final section to test-taking, Jesus is telling us that, that we should be praying about the tests that come into our lives. And tonight we're going to unpack what that means for us. And so from our text, I want us to look at three things. I want us to look at the test, the trade-off, and then the shepherd. Okay? So the test. You have probably pieced together that Jesus is not talking about a piece of paper with some math problems on it. So what is he talking about? Well, to understand the test, it's helpful to understand the point of a test. Whenever your teachers give you a test, what are they trying to do? Do what? Yeah, they're trying to make sure that you know stuff. They want to see what's really inside your head, to see if anything has really caught or is sticking. Because you can say that you know algebra really well. But when you keep getting D's on the algebra test it tells us something different. Or you can say that you're the best three-point shooter in the Northeast Ohio area, but if you can't hit a three-point shot when we're playing horse, that test tells us the truth. It tells us what's really there. And so a test is something that reveals what's really in your life. And nothing reveals what's in your life, what's underneath the surface better than difficulty than hardship. And, and these, these hardships can come in any shape or size. They can be a, a, a minor irritation, like a sibling who refuses to knock on your closed bedroom door. Or it could be something major, like a season-ending injury. But regardless of the severity, the test's purpose is always to reveal what you really are, or how you really are. That's why the Bible talks about tests as being a fiery ordeal because in ancient times they would put precious metals in the fire to test it, to reveal what was truly there, whether it would be something valuable or just worthless rubble. And so testing is a, a great thing because it not only reveals what's there, but it's also the avenue that you and I are refined, that we are made more like our Father in heaven. And that might seem a little confusing because I have been talking about testing like it's a really good thing, but Jesus seems to be talking about it like it's a really bad thing. In fact, he tells us in verse 13 that we should pray to, to be led away from it. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. It's almost as if tests are a thing we should pray to avoid. But you'll notice that Jesus doesn't say test, he says temptation. And we often get the two mixed up because... They are connected, but, but different. Let, let, me, let me try to illustrate. So in your life, you will encounter many, many hardships, difficulties, etc. We would call them a test. And in every test, you have a choice. You can either, A, choose to reflect God and his character, Obeying his laws, etc. Or you can choose to not do that. And so, within every test, there's a choice, which is an opportunity, or there's a trap. Opportunity to reflect God and his character, or you can reject him and fall into a trap that leads to your downfall. And whenever we choose the trap, we call that giving into temptation. And with that in mind, you can see what Jesus wants us to pray here. We are to ask God to enable us to pass the test, to choose the opportunity to reflect God and his character rather than giving into the trap. And that seems straightforward enough, but honestly, our tendency is to trade this prayer in for like some knockoffs. Uh, let, me, let me give you two that I think are rather common um, one is that we pray that God would keep us or get us out of testing. Have, have you ever had a big test kind of like looming over you and you just, you hoped against hope that the teacher would cancel it? Or like you, you were kind of like hoping that something unfortunate, not too unfortunate, like no one dies, but like flat tire or something so that the test would get postponed or maybe just canceled. That, that's kind of what we tend to pray here. We ask that God would keep us from the test, just the test in general. Or if we end up in the test, we quickly change gears and say, God, get me out of this test. Like, Just get me out of this hardship right now. What's interesting, though, is we actually misdiagnose the threat. The danger is not the test. The danger is the evil you can choose in it. Hear me out. Tests can hurt. There can be heartache in them. but The only thing that actually threatens your soul is the evil you can choose within it. And so that's why Jesus doesn't say, don't, don't pray to get out of the test. Pray that you pass it. Pray that you don't fall into the trap. Now you might be thinking, well, but hang on, Caleb. I, I have tried to pray that before. I have asked God to lead me away from temptation, to deliver me from the things I'm struggling with, and God just doesn't come through for me. I get that. I can think of times that I have prayed for deliverance and still walked right into the trap. And it kind of seems like God does not come through for us. But I I wonder if we're being completely honest with our assessment here. Let um, Let me try to illustrate. Okay, so I want you to imagine... This cup filled with water is temptation, okay? And if this cup falls off of the table, that is me giving into temptation, okay? So I see it. I see it. It looks good. And I start to, like, feel myself pulling the tablecloth. I go, oh, Lord, please, please deliver me from this. Deliver me from this temptation. God, make my hand stop pulling the tablecloth. You guys didn't really think I'd put water in there, did you? (laughs) So whose fault was that? It was mine. It was mine. Now, I, I was asking God to deliver me, but I, I didn't stop, did I? I kept willfully pulling the, the tablecloth. See, I, I, think, I think at times we say that we want an escape from temptation. We, we ask God to deliver us, but... But our actions actually say something quite different. Um, Let's be honest. We like what we're tempted with. We are attracted to the things we struggle with. It wouldn't be a struggle if we weren't. And so the knockoff prayer that we pray here is not deliver us from temptation. The prayer that we pray is, God, deliver me from the consequences of my temptation. We just don't want the pain that comes with it. But the sin itself, that is a very different story. But What Jesus calls us to pray is not keep us out of testing. It's not f- uh, keep us from, from temptation's consequences. It's keep us from Temptation. Help us choose the opportunity to reflect our Father in heaven. And the key to doing that is to understand the shepherd. Let's go back to our diagram here. So I want you to imagine that each test has two doors representing the choices. Okay? Over the opportunity, you got a guy. There was a shepherd, okay? And over the trap. You have a guy, and we'll use Jesus' term for him. Uh, it's a thief who comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Okay? You're gonna pick the shepherd every time. Right? Because obviously the shepherd cares for you. The thief does not. But what if what if you can't tell the difference? What if they look the same to you, or worse? The thief looks like the shepherd, and the shepherd looks like the thief, because that's what's happened to all of us. Ever since the Garden of Eden, we have convinced ourselves that God is the thief, that his way is hard, it leads us away from an abundant life, and over here, in the trap, actually has what we want. That's why you and I gravitate toward the trap rather than the opportunity. Because we don't trust the guy standing over it. But here's how Jesus says you and I can know that this, even if it looks hard, even if it doesn't seem to lead to life abundant, is the way to go. You look at who laid down their life for you. See, Everyone else, everything else will say that they have your best interest in mind. But at the first sign of trouble, at the first sign of difficulty, they're gone. But not the shepherd. The shepherd sacrifices himself to lead and care for the sheep, to, to, point, to point them in the way they should go. And that's what Jesus did for us. The Bible tells us that we are all like sheep, that we have each dove headfirst into temptation and that God's wrath is trained on us as a consequence. And Jesus steps in as a good shepherd. He bore the sin of our rebellion so that, that we can not only be welcomed into the fold of God, but so that we can be convinced that the Lord is our shepherd, that he leads us, he protects us, and he cares for us. That we can, in fact, trust him to lead us to an abundant life. And that's the only way you'll ever pray this way. The only way that you can pray not to get out of the, tempta- the test, not, not to get away from the consequences of temptation, but to actually, Father, help me choose the opportunity is if you believe that your heavenly Father has what's best for you.